All right, everyone. I just want to start off the top of the show here with a uh, personal announcement. Um, some big news for me, Jane, personally. Uh, I got a job offer on Friday. I spent all weekend partying and uh, partying up until the moment we recorded the show. Uh, it will be this will be my last show um, as a member of the Batten Around crew. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I got I got a great new job. I got my foot in the door in the baseball industry. Um, I got an email on Friday uh, saying I've been I've been hired as the personal assistant to uh, Jeff Jeff Breidich of the Colorado Rockies, and uh, so you know love you Stephen and Lauren, but um, but fuck you I'm out I hey. got I got a real I got a real thing going on here so this is this is my last show I'm gonna be phoning in the rest of the time I've never liked either of you um, I've never given a shit about any of this my foot's in the door couldn't happen to a better co-host. Yeah, no, we're we're both happy for your opportunity to succeed. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity to uh, work with a world class organization. Yeah, I'm I'm super pumped. Um, finally got a job. I've been I've been unemployed for a while now. I'm really really excited and like this is this is my dream job. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be right there with you know one of the most powerful people in baseball. You mentioned it. I didn't really put it together until now. But you you mentioned you were looking at like Denver real estate. Have you already bought? Like, are you? Yep, I took out you know a, a rather large mortgage. In uh, in Denver, I sold everything I own, put it into that. Don't tell my parents, but I kind of looted their house of all of their valuable electronics and stuff like that. Everyone has a third mortgage now; they'll be fine. And I'm and you know I just spent the last three days, uh, you know, off off Twitter, off everything. Yeah, has like was well. We'll we'll get into the the baseball news here in a second, but I just wanted to let everybody know here that um, I think I'm too good for this show now. I'm so glad that when when the inevitable World Series championship comes to Colorado, I get to I get to tell all my friends like, yeah, my friend helped make that happen. Very excited about it. But yeah, I haven't really looked at that any news for a while. So let's just. Uh, oh, I'm sure it's fine. Let's just look at. I just look woke at Twitter. up from a nap. It's fine. Okay, cool. Well, anyway, let's get into the show. Welcome back to Batting Around. I've um, just been given some uh, really horrible news, um, but you know the the show must go on, and so let's let's just get into into this week. Uh, yeah, this is Batting Around. It's a baseball podcast. I'm uh, your co-host Jane Austen. With me is Lauren. I'm Lauren. That's Lauren and Stephen. Yo. And we got all three of us here. I know now. it's been a while. After a couple rough been- weeks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rough weeks with horrible guests. <laughs> well, rough weeks for us interpersonally, I mean. Mm. Actually, mm-hmm. no, that's not true. My week was great. Yeah, it's not really. It's not really true. We've been yeah, we've been no. doing fine. We've been we've been, we've been doing fine. Yeah. We've been thriving. But I missed I missed you all. I I missed it. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen you in 3 weeks, Lauren. Yeah. I saw both of you. So yeah, Steven's pretty. He's, <laughs> that's that's why you're that's why you're the muscle. You're you're reliable. That's well. What's uh what's going on in the in the world of of baseball here? Well, I uh, went. Uh, I had a great uh, couple of practices. Uh, missed one or two grounders at third, but uh, uh, made some couple good line drives in uh, batting practice. And uh, 
Hell yeah. Uh, feeling pretty good about it. Uh, really got to work on my swing. My, my right quad, my right quad was kind of tight after the last uh, uh, first couple pitches. So it was, didn't really get the power I was connecting with in our first practice. But, uh, you know, I'll get there. I'll get, I'll get there. But you're squaring it up better. Squaring it up better. Tighten it up. You know, um, two more weeks until uh, softball uh, really season really starts. And then we're taking off. Go Mavericks. Hell yeah, go Mavs. <laughs> go Mavericks. Go Mavericks. Oh, I love it. Um, all right. Well, what's what's happening in the world of Major League Baseball? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dodgers, Whatever. Padres, you know. Uh, bow, you know Ho-hum. You know, long season, only. you know. <laughs> no, that's not true. Yeah. I, I'm i looking forward to our Otani start after uh, after this after we record. He's, he's pitching tonight against the Rangers. I'm looking forward to that. I watched a, bu- a bunch of the Dodgers series over the weekend, which was fantastic. Yeah, I watched as much of that as I as I could. Um, I tuned in last night, uh, oh God, yeah. right uh, right after I guess Kershaw got mm. put into pinch hit. Mm-hmm. That was so <laughs> dumb. I, I, I yeah. hated that so much. Very dumb. <laughs> they actually. Dumb. I, I I think it was Mike Petriello on the ESPN two broadcast, and I have nothing against. I like the ESPN two broadcast. I think it's better than the ESPN regular broadcast by quite a bit but he he made some kind of offhand remark about like oh there's more attention or drama because it was a pitcher up with the bases loaded at two outs and like no no fuck off no, no. <laughs> shut up it's still an april baseball game yeah. um regardless of how fun these dodgers padres games have been they do not feel like april baseball games they do not no and we're not going to get another one of them until the end of june oh my god i know i saw that i'm like what the fuck which is kind of a bummer, but like, really, like we we should be getting these every other weekend Definitely. until until yeah. the end of the, reschedule the, the end entire season, <laughs> season around this. As so long as they're playing each other, it's it's easy to imagine the NL West is somewhat more fair, and like maybe the Giants are real, but we know it's not. We know as soon as they're playing other teams, it'll just it'll, it'll, the lead will start racking up, and they can both start just creaming opponents into the dust and leave everybody else behind. We should just determine, we should say right now that um, the NL Central does not get its guaranteed playoff spot. Oh, I would the, love that. The NL West gets gets both of them. Um, if you're an NL Central team, you have to qualify for the wild card mm-hmm. to get it. Um, I would, I would, that's that's how it should go. I'd be uh, fine honestly, with that. Because these, yeah. these games have been that good. And the NL Central is just like, <laughs> dumb, terrible. Yeah, it's yeah, it's uh Lauren made a big thumbs down and uh, stuck her tongue out there because this is a not a visual medium. But yeah, it's I don't know, it's been so good. <laughs> Those games have been so good for like every inning. Yeah. That I that I've watched of them. It's it's incredible. Yeah, I haven't I haven't been able to watch as much unfortunately, but I, I did tune in last night around the same time you did, Jane, and it was just like I was so tired and I had to get up for a, a fucking early meeting this morning. But I was like glued to the TV. Yeah, it's and worth it. I, I was just like after the game was over, which great ending. Um, like my heart was racing, and I'm like, "Fuck, I gotta, mm-hmm. I, I gotta fucking sleep. Come on." <laughs> <laughs> the curse of East Coast baseball fandom. I know Lauren has opinions about this. Worst place to watch baseball. Yeah, terrible, terrible coast. <laughs> no, but those games are fun, and we got to see, like, of course, I mean, everybody listening to this knows by now, like, they saw Tatis mocking our oh. favorite target of scorn, <laughs> yeah. uh, which was <laughs> absolutely wonderful. To which our favorite target of scorn just owned himself even harder afterwards. Just fantastic. What do you do afterwards? Oh, so, so Tatis... Well, uh, I saw it. I saw that. I saw that 
uh, Bauer. I'm not going to do the stupid Harry Potter shanty name sort of <laughs> shit. Fuck that. Um, I saw that. I saw that Bauer said like, yeah, you know, that's just how the game goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not mad. Yeah. You know. I'm yeah. I mean, and, yeah, and I and like, I saw a bunch of people being like, doing the like, oh, the worst person you know just made a great point. Uh, we stuff. don't need and to like, do that with him. No, no, you don't. One, you don't need to do that with him. Two, he's not. He's doing an "I'm not mad, I'm actually laughing" thing. <laughs> he's not actually making a great, great point. He's just backed himself into a corner where he know he can't do that, uh, where he can't get mad. But like, that's it. He's a guy that gets mad. We know he gets mad. Yep. Like mm-hmm. he is, he is a poster. Mm-hmm. And posters do get mad. Right. It, like He got mad, evidenced by the fact that he then got really mad. Yeah. So he he tweeted at Tatis the like um insinuating that he was, you know, stealing signs and Oh Tat- that yeah, yeah, yeah. Tatis's response was like to to post a photoshopped image of Trevor Bauer's face over his child. <laughs> which was hilarious. <laughs> And of course, uh, Bauer's response to that was to quote tweet, uh, making a gay joke, saying that he always thought oh, that yeah. Tatis and uh, Manny would were a good couple. And A, that's like the most boring way to be homophobic possible. But B, like, so you're saying that Manny's also your dad? <laughs> yeah. Like, you suck so bad that now two opposing players are your father? Like, and they on. would be a gr- and they would be a great couple. So I don't they know what like couple. what the insult mm-hmm. is really there. Like that 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 would be that would be phenomenal if they were a couple. But yeah, he's he's just such a dumb piece of shit, and it would be more entertaining if he weren't like you know actually damaging people with being such a dumb piece of shit. At right, times. and and like Bauer is not a person that can ever 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 insinuate that somebody is cheating or acting unfairly when he has when he has basically come out and said i am cheating i am a cheater i'm gonna do that to be to be like win a cy young to be like to increase my spin rate by the only way possible uh like who gives a shit if tatis looks over his shoulder to like see where the catcher is positioned or some shit that's like He's not. He's not using pine tar. You know. Yeah. He's not. Uh, he's not using electronic signaling. Like, that's that's fucking if the ridiculous. The team is picking up signs without. You know, obviously, caveat without the aid of like technology. Uh, right. Change your signs. You're having. You're yeah, doing something better job really wrong. Then. Yeah. Yeah. I also didn't really get the impression. Like, I didn't think he was looking. It didn't look that way to me. I thought the whole thing was just kind of goofy and ginned up because they were pissed because he he totally like teed off on them for three games. It's like when people a couple of years ago were like, it looks like Yelich is uh, looking over to somebody in the stands yeah, and no, getting signals total, from him. It's yeah. just like, no, you're just looking over at outfielders positioning and stuff. You're just mad because you got owned. It happens. We all do yeah, it. That's it. That's yeah. it. And I do have to say, T- Tatis's Photoshop, world-class posting, really quality oh, stuff. Yeah. Like that's, He's a that's... six-tool player now. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He absolutely is. Like, even mildly competent photoshopping skills puts him at the very top of the MLB uh, pyramid. They're going to hire him to do the social media soon. Yeah, that's that's why none of us can get jobs doing it. It's because Tatis is doing it behind the scenes, like, in the dugout. <laughs> yeah, have, has there been a more fun player so far this season? Uh, I think Jazz Chisholm's pretty fun. He's Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I have I, not watched a single second of a Marlins game. 
Yeah, I've watched, I haven't watched a ton, but the highlights I've seen from Jazz are just like... The highlights are very good. Totally pitching. Totally cool. Uh, so how do we feel about uh, no-hitters, guys? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, it was a weird week in terms of... It's been, there's been a ton of no-hitters already. Like, we've already had two to start the really early season. I think part of this was like the strikeout rate's higher than it's ever been. Nothing wrong with the ball, though. <laughs> Uh, well, and, and they got a normal spring training, and yeah, yeah, it made a big difference for the pitchers. I think the batters are still trying to catch up, but the weather or not, really, two D-backs pitchers had great outings in a doubleheader because there was a rainout in Atlanta. They were playing in Atlanta the next day, and Zach Gallon threw seven innings of, of one-hit baseball, followed by Madison Bumgarner throwing seven innings, innings of no-hit baseball that is not a no-hitter, according to MLB. This is fine with me because it was Madison Bumgarner. That's it. <laughs> That's fine to admit. It's totally fine to admit. If it, it was... were, if it were, if it were like Aaron Nola or hell, even Jacob Degrom, I'd be like, "Fuck, it's a no hitter." Hell yeah. Uh, it's no. I'm not. Madison Bumgarner can can enjoy that that asterisk. Um, the so my 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 official ruling is the Atlanta Braves got no hit because they played an entire legal game of baseball. And did not produce a single hit. So they got no hit. But Madison Bumgarner did not throw a no-hitter, quote-unquote. Because that's just what baseball says. And mm-hmm. I... You know what? Sometimes you just gotta go with what what the people in charge you, say. Not you just time, respect my, you just respect sense. Rob Manfred so much. You're just gonna do exactly what he yeah. says. Because you, you have so <laughs> exactly. much uh, appreciation for all he does for the game. Um, I don't think that these seven hit... Or these seven inning games of no hit baseball should count as no hitters because like plenty of pitchers will go in seven hit seven no hit innings you know and then lose it right after jay hap would have thrown a no hitter you mm-hmm. know this week according to that but if you're mad about it like get mad about these seven inning games don't get mad about this ruling yeah get mad that this is games. that this is fucking stupid yeah. like <laughs> you know yell yell about this don't don't yell about like Oh, this little ruling doesn't count because like seven no hit innings is not as impressive as a not as nine no hit innings. Like there is a huge gulf between those, you know, way more than there is between three and five no hit innings. You yeah. know, there's a way bigger gulf between that. So like there's still like a lot of no hitters in the books now. So like, you know, throwing and throwing a no hitter is really cool, but it's not like super historic anymore. Yeah. You know, there's been hundreds and hundreds of them, but like, get mad, get mad at these seven inning games that they're doing this, that they're fucking with the game. Don't get mad that like this doesn't count because it shouldn't count. It's only seven innings. Like, plenty of pitchers do that. Kenta Maeda would have had one last year. Like, a lot of people would have had would have yeah. had seven, in, to, you know, seven no hit innings. But. To to your point, uh, Madison Bumgarner has had four other games where he pitched uh, uh, no hits through seven. Uh, he would have four just in himself. Yeah over his career uh that said that said in the interest of showing the other side i just there was a great piece in Fangraphs. um who wrote this it was jay jaffe who wrote this about the historical legacy of the no hitter and the games that used to be considered no hitters and after 1991 when the Faye vincent's committee uh what's the exact word here um commissioner Faye vincent uh had a committee that the Statistical Accuracy Committee that formalized a bunch of statistical stuff across baseball, including uh, decertifying 30-something games that had been no-hitters 
uh, and they were suddenly considered not no hitters. And uh, how does that work? Well, they were, you know, most of them were like turn of the century games. Uh, they were rainouts, or it just got dark, or uh, both teams just kind of decided that they were we were done after five or whatever. Uh, and there yeah, were yeah, yeah, no, that that shouldn't count. That shouldn't count. Well, for historical record keeping purposes. The, the guy who keeps track of all of this, who's like the official no-hitter website guy who does all the records, made a fairly compelling case of the piece. It's worth reading. It's worth checking out, saying, like, we should probably give these guys back their no-hitters because the standards of the game at the time were different from they are today. And if the standards are changing, if we are moving towards seven innings, which I hope isn't the case, uh, history, I think, will at least kind of maybe have a different perspective on this than we have in the moment, which I think is a, a fair point. I'm not sure if I agree with it or not, but um, I am good, willing to reevaluate piece. this in the future. I don't. Agree yeah. With let's it, give it 30 right years. Now. We can give it 30 years yeah, before it we bring it up. Years. Look, you can talk to my, you can talk to my head in a jar in 30 years. And I'll probably still tell you that like you, you have to go <laughs> nine innings. <laughs> I will happily not think about Madison Bumgarner at all for 30 years. Here's yeah. where I think the, the standards do change. Had uh, Zach Gallen also thrown a no-hitter through seven, a combined 14-inning no-hitter, that is like a super no-hitter and like double counts. That's in- that's insanely cool. That would be incredibly bitchin'. If that happens, it it absolutely counts as like the best no-hitter of all time. For sure. <laughs> Does it count as a no-hitter if you go through nine innings and it's still tied and goes into extra innings. No, not if you give it up. Out. No, not if you give it up. Uh, if you wow. give up the run, it That's does not happened, count. Isn't it? Yeah, it's happened a bunch. In this I'm article, sure they go has. into all the in, the in the in this article on Panagraphs, they go into the times it's happened, uh, and it's it's like heartbreaking when the guys go like it was in the fifties and sixties when they did this more regularly, but guys go into like the twelfth or thirteenth inning and then lose the, the no hitter. Then like, Oof. that's so brutal. Oof. That's like that should count more than like most of the the no hitters that happened this year, like last year, like yeah. Oof size maximum. Yeah. I think, like, at that point, it's like, okay, all right, it doesn't count as a no-hitter, fine, but, like, you have to go in as a historical footnote. Mm-hmm. Like, that's even more That's even more notable than, like, almost every other no-hitter. Yeah. You know, if you do something like that. I think, like, I think it's, I think it's actually kind of cool. It's just like, no, you technically didn't get a no-hitter, but you did 12 no-hit innings before you got pulled. <laughs> like i think that's pretty that, that'd be pretty cool yeah shout out to the guys who did it here uh mentioned in the article uh the ultimate heartbreaker was harvey haddock's uh 12 perfect innings on may 26 1959 lost the no hitter in the 13th and pedro martinez perfect through nine uh, in 1995 but allowed a double to lead off the 10th oh well okay i think pedro martinez is gonna be okay without that one no hitter <laughs> yeah he'll be fine and Henry Haddock's not so much. Yeah, like Pedro Martinez's legacy will remain intact. Yeah, he'll get by. Harvey Haddock's not so much. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> God, Matt Harvey is pitching. Oh, really? For the Orioles? Yeah. Huh. How's he doing on the year? That's a good question. Let me see. I mean, he's pitching for the Orioles. The the, the bar is low, but mm. let's see. How is it? I'd like to see Matt Harvey doing okay. You know, that'd be fun. He has 19 mm. innings pitched to a fairly respectable 5.12 ERA. Good for him. 
Congratulations, by the way, to the Orioles for breaking the Athletics' win streak. Uh, it officially ends at 13 games, which is very fun. Good for them. Yeah, that's a team that needs a uh, another like historical win streak. <laughs> they just <laughs> rattle them off like every couple of years. It's yeah, just crazy. every. Every every two decades, they get like some some big win streak, and then there's just radio silence in between. Yeah, I looked it up. Um, the Phillies have had three thirteen win streaks ever, uh, never more than that. And the last double digit win streak they had was over a decade ago. So nice. That feels about right. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Uh, do we have anything else to really talk about here before we? Uh jump into the mailbag stuff or what are we uh what what are we feeling this week yes there was one really cool uh thing i wanted to highlight uh just because it's such a weird baseball quirk thing uh first off it, it, this never happens anymore uh that uh pitchers uh this is like a totally weird one-off baseball thing that we'll probably never see again kirk casali on the uh giants has caught five consistent straight shutouts uh whoa yeah, first time since 2015 when Francisco Cervelli did it. Before that, it was 1995. It's a fairly rare occurrence. Um, before that, 1986. With, five different I read pitchers. That defector article. Yeah, I read that defector article. He did it with five different starters in that time, too. Which, yes. Like, I think that, that makes it unique, correct? That makes it super unique and just super cool and super um, rare. Uh, and, and I think just given because we're seeing so fewer and fewer pitchers throwing goal games, it's very like we'll never see it again. The, I feel like that's... The only way the Giants are going to get attention this year is for stuff like that, which is like too bad because they're kind of a fun team right now. Yeah, they absolutely are, which I, which I hate saying, but you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, a fan. I'm not a fan of saying that, but it seems to be that's 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 just the the reality, the new reality that we live in now. All right, let's let's get to some questions. Oh, sorry. First, I just I just saw Evan Lagari has a 160 WRC plus, and I need to say that's incredible. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is going on over there? Has he ever had a WR? Oh my god! Yeah, that's his career best. <laughs> but but him. you know what? It's yeah, like like we were talking about before we started recording. Like nothing nothing matters until sixty games in at least. No, but no. this is that fun time of year when you get to like <laughs> just be like, well, if this kept up for another <laughs> hundred and thirty games, <laughs> hundred and forty games, then like yeah 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 yeah. This is how Lance Lynn wins a Cy Young. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is how Danny exactly. Duffy was a Cy Young. Yeah. Let's go to the questions then. At Cold Cut Chicken says the Mariners. Yeah, we had another Mariners question here. Uh, <laughs> the Mariners are still hovering around the top of their division and uh, the AL in general. My question is basically, why and when should we expect the major collapse that inevitably comes every season? Um, I think you got about two weeks. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Uh, let me look into how they're actually doing. That's uh, I need a second here to. I, two weeks sounds about right to me. Yeah, because it's not—it's not going to happen suddenly, but it's probably going to start any day now. It's still the Mariners. Like every every time somebody asks us a question about the Mariners, it's never like, "Is this real? Do you think they could do it?" It's like, "When are we going to be hurt?" Yeah, and like the Mariners have trained their fans to really, really believe that, to really feel that, and they mm-hmm. know it's coming. Mm-hmm. And I won't—I won't lie to them and tell them that it's that it's going to be fine, you know, that they're going to grab a wild... Yeah, they're not going to get a wild card Uh -uh. spot or anything like that. It's not going to happen. I don't have a prediction for when the Mariners will get bad, but I do have an interesting statistical anomaly to to report on that I think is very fascinating. 
Jake Fraley mm-hmm. had a hot start to the season. Uh, played in only played in uh, five games to start the season. Nineteen played appearances. He's out right now on a hamstring injury, but should be back soon. Start of the season, he's the third best hitter on the team by WRC plus, with a 100 batting average and a 5.26 OBP. I do not think that is sustainable. Baseball no. hashtag baseball analysis. <laughs> hashtag sabermetric. Thank you for that valuable analytical insight. How do you fit that brain in that head, Lauren? <laughs> for real though, why why are the why are the Mariners good? I'm trying to figure this out. Mariners are good here. What's they all have like normal BABIPs. Chris Flexen's BABIPs will kinda high. Kendall Graveman's BABIP. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Kendall Graveman, 0.063 BABIP, uh, zero ERA. Um, yeah, that won't last. Uh, they'll be bad when uh, Kendall Graveman is no longer uh, great. Two, three more appearances. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag analysis. <laughs> That's right. That's what you come here for is this, uh, this brilliant technical analysis. Uh, okay. Uh, that's enough Mariners for a while. No more Mariners questions until they like actually really collapse. Until they collapse, and then we can take and then we can take a victory lap. Some something fun has to happen with the Mariners before then. No more just like, hey, they're you know playing six hundred baseball or something. No, 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 no more Mariners questions until. Oh, actually, what's over. really fun? Speaking of the Mariners and also the AL West in general. Um, the other day we had the AL West arrange themselves in such a way that it spelled asshat, and I don't remember the last time that happened, but shout out to all five of those teams, because that was, that was a delightful (laughs) little thing to open my phone to, uh, on a night of drinking. Yeah, that's fun. All right. Okay. Uh, next question at Ben Philippi says, individual and team performances aside, can we get a vibe check on all your fave teams? Why don't you start us out, Steven? <laughs> um, currently, my vibes are pretty good. I'm really happy with the last few weeks of how my favorite baseball team, the Oakland Th- Athletics, have performed. So <laughs> the vibes are pretty decent. Um, their their wins their winning streak uh, got snapped yesterday, but. I mean, it was it was going to end sometime, and you know, I'm just really excited for them to get out there and 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 you know, get back at it. Maybe start another 13 long game long win streak. Mm. Mm. They're currently yes. in first, and yeah, all is all is bright and sunny in in my uh, baseball fandom. You are wearing the, <laughs> the Oakland A's hat right now, uh, for those who can't see him. <laughs> Lauren, what are you what are you thinking? I uh, you better can you go first? I need to do sure. some statistical lookup stuff here. Sure. Uh, I will say that the individual and team performances cannot be separated from the vibe check on my favorite team, the Minnesota Twins. They've been playing like absolute dog shit here for <laughs> most of the season, uh, and a lot of it has to do with uh, COVID scare. That put a bunch of players on the uh, the IL, and that's a particular sort of bad vibe, I think. Where this like this is an avoidable thing. Like, you know, we we got we got told forever all these you know even Rocco Baldelli and Anderson Simmons and all these guys saying like, you know, it's personal choice, blah blah blah. But like, it got other people sick. It fucked up your team. It put them into a slump. It fucked it fucked the vibes. Um, I think it's it's not an individual choice at this point. <laughs> like it just it just sucks. Like or that individual choice, uh, it being an individual choice, 
really, really sucks. Uh, it's the vibes are incredibly fucked there. The depth that this team should have had is not coming through. Um, but I mean, we do have the br- the the shining bright spot of Williams Astadio, who is still hitting and playing like a goddamn maniac every day, um, which is very fun. You get the highs and lows with him. He might pop out on the first pitch. Uh, he might hit a home run. He might make an amazing play at first base. <laughs> he might uh, be a goddamn ninja sliding into first base when you don't expect it. That's really fun. But overall, horrible vibes. You know, losing two out of three to the the Pittsburgh Pirates is not a vibe. Not a good vibe. You cannot extract that from. You cannot extract that from overall vibes of the team. Don't L- like losing a series to the Pirates is a guaranteed bad time. Yep, guaranteed bad vibe. Yeah, not fun. They are winning right now. Uh, as we record this, they're beating uh, Cleveland two to zero, and Cleveland is one of the teams that I like. Uh, li- I like it when the Twins beat the most. But who knows? By the time this is done, they might be losing. Who kn- who knows? Lauren, what do you got? Well, uh, I, uh, I I feel pretty positive about most of the teams I'm kind of bandwagoning this year. Uh, obviously, Dodgers and Padres are exceeding all expectations. I think that's safe to say. Uh, pretty much across the board, they're both just uh, incredibly fun to watch and incredibly talented. Kind of the more bubble teams. I think the teams I'm highest on this year or went into the season highest on just for the potential they have are the White Sox and the Angels. Uh, and I think the White Sox have... White Sox fans have legitimate complaints about the depth of the team, but uh, the key performers there are really doing perfectly fine. Uh, uh, The offense is uh, crazy good with your men Mercedes kind of coming out of nowhere to uh, completely dominate the league. Uh, Incredible uh, slugging 657 with a 219 WRC plus uh, 76 play experiences. Even if it just mild, you know, levels out a little to, uh, even if, even if it levels out some, it's still he's still going to be a productive bat, it seems. Um, and pitching-wise, I think they're stronger than, uh, like, Lucas Giolito's last kind of rough start looked, uh, rather than, like, a couple rough-ish starts from Dallas Keuchel looked. Lance Lynn has looked really great. Um, Carlos Rodon has looked way better than I expected going into the season, and Michael Kopak is living up to, like, all <laughs> expectations, just, like... And I think he's going to be like a swingman guy. I don't think he's going to get stretched out for the full season to be a starter. But uh, any role they use him in, I think he's going to really um, perform really well, assuming injury doesn't get to him. Because, man, is he fun to watch when he's overpowering them. Uh, last Lucas Giolito adding was kind of rough, but I think he'll be fine. Uh, the more bubble team right now is the Angels. Uh, Anthony Rendon being down for like a week or so hurt, did hurt them, it seems. The offense, they were always a team that was going to win on offense. They need to hit like five runs a game to make up for their pitchers. Um but Renaud's back tonight. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, him and Otani can uh, kind of pull that lineup through. I think Otani might hit and pitch tonight, which is super exciting. Make sure to – well, it'll be over by the time this airs, but you two should turn it, tune in. Um, and, like, Gerald Wal- Jared Walsh is overperforming pretty well. Uh, the depth of that team uh, hitting-wise is not great, but uh, the guys they have at the top are uh, sluggers and uh, can probably put together a pretty consistent offense if the – Pitching staff can keep it together, and Heaney and Bundy are both looking pretty strong, and uh, everybody else just has to be kind of better than terrible. So we'll see. Record-wise, they're not great right now. They're, I think, a little under 500, third place in the league, but uh, I think they're probably better than that uh, than that performance is so far shown. 
Thank you for the West Coast vibe check. Yeah. The general um, West Coast vibe check. I loved all of that. Uh, the way that the, the different ways the three of us answered that question is very indicative of our, of our <laughs> general vibe. Wait, no, I want to add something, too. I, I think I am going to tentatively try to watch some Royals games and see if I can buy into the Royals hype a little bit. Because, like, statistically, I don't. I think they're overperforming. All the all the numbers say they're overperforming, but I kind of like the Royals, like organizationally. Like they have the weird jerk off stuff is creepy, but uh, right. like they have fun guys like Salvi Perez, and I really love the 2014 2015 teams. The uniforms are snazzy, great ballpark. So I, I might see if I can sell myself a little bit on the Royals as a bandwagon fan. I I'm gonna give it a try, and and I'll report back on how it goes. You know, one of the ways that I you know got that that job with the Rockies that fell mm-hmm, through mm-hmm. was by talking about, you know, how, how, you know, I, I was ready to work in a Christian context mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I was very anti-masturbation. Everybody who knows yep. you knows this. Right, yeah. right, right. I didn't, I didn't disclose to them that I was trans or anything like that. Uh, that's your business. That's your, that's your, that's business. my business. And so I'm going to see if I can get the Royals to buy in on it now. Yeah. I think, I think I could make, I think Jeff could, you know, put in a good word for me. For sure. Yeah, I think we can I think we can try that. I mean, it's it's a pretty lateral move going from Rockies to Royals in that regard. So I think I could do it. It's it's literally just a drive across Kansas. Yeah, no problem. It's no, that's literally the most boring like drive. It's a in terrible the world. drive. <laughs> yeah, it's it's god awful. I've yeah. done it. It's miserable. Until uh. you yeah, until you get to like the mountains, it uh. is the absolute worst. And it's drive it's in so funny. It's so funny because like as an East Coaster, like I don't know shit I didn't know shit about the West and I was doing a road trip and like when I think Colorado, I'm like, Oh yeah, mountains, great, beautiful, majestic Not East Colorado. And like I, I was driving west to east and the western Colorado to Denver is like genuinely the most gorgeous scenery I've ever driven through in my entire it's amazing. life. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we got to Denver, we stopped off for a little bit and like hung out there. And then we got in the car and literally as soon as you leave the city limits, it's Kansas. Yep. As bad as that driving through Kansas is. Uh, I like Kansas City. Kansas City's a fun town. I'm I'm pro Kansas City. I got an aunt there. I wish that that stadium wasn't in such a stupid spot, though, because it is just, yeah. like, on highways. Totally there's, inaccessible There's no by good walking. way to get there. Yeah, it's yeah there's no good way to get there. It's a pretty stadium, though. It's, like, it's kind of underrated as a classic stadium. Coffin's yeah. a cool stadium. Yeah. I love the uh, the big fountains and stuff. Like, big being able to cool. hit, mm-hmm. like, if you hit a huge, if you had a big home run there, like, it goes into a fountain. That's really cool. That's like, bitching. I do, yeah. I do love that. I do but... like that Kansas City was like, hey, we're here. Why don't we have a thing? What should our thing be? <laughs> fountains. Let's just have a fuck Why not? fountains. Yeah. They also have a very fun World War One, not fun, but, you know, a very well curated World War One museum. And a oh, fun model that's... train museum. I went to the model train museum there. It's great. That's pretty neat. We should, yeah. when we, when we all get to together, we should do, a, we should do a road trip. We should do, a, we should do like an AL Central road trip together. Absolutely. 100%. Or an AL and L Central, Central Division road that. trips. We can stop yeah, and see my yeah. Aunt Judy. Yeah, it'd be fun. You'd really, yeah, you'd really hate great. her dogs. They never stop barking. Fuck yeah. Let's go. All dogs are good. <laughs> All right, next question. Um at Confused Comrade says, Would you would you like a moment to talk about the Pat Venditti rule? My brother and I had a chat about it yesterday. I don't know. Would would we like a moment to talk about it? Lauren. It's kind of an interesting little thing. It's an interesting quirk. I'm not sure what there is to say about it because I don't think it'll ever happen again. I think pitching's too specialized. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not true. Like, there could always be like a post-apocalyptic thing where baseball has cl- or MLB has collapsed as an institution, and 
be able to start doing all sorts of crazy stuff because the skill level's way lower. But uh, outside that, I don't think it'll happen again. Which I think that would, that would be really fun if if baseball went to a thing like that. Like I remember um, having a conversation with a friend of mine a few years ago, where uh, he made a point that the like early professional baseball players were like. You know, there was there was cowboys in the American West, and then oh, that yeah. died, and then they all became baseball players. Hundred percent. Like that's that's where like the weirdo gunslinger types went to, and I think it would be really cool if that if if it all collapsed and we and we went back to that. Yeah, it's like b- bring back barnstorming. That'd be legit. It'd also God, be terribly cool. tragic because they all drank like sailors and uh, died at like forty two of sepsis or whatever. But yeah, pretty pretty bitching in the meantime. I mean, if we're if we're all moving towards like this horrible feudal post-apocalypse you know, society, yeah. yeah, 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 climate collapse, all this terrible shit. Yeah. No more nine to fives. Yeah, yeah. If there's if it's if it's gonna be side. like that, yeah. If it's gonna be like that, like it'd be cool if we at least had some cool like Ronin cowboy baseball players traveling around the country, going from town to town, like playing for like pro- soy protein box. Yeah, that'd be mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, solving mysteries and shit. <laughs> It'd be really cool. That that rule. It's uh, it's gonna be that or like penal colony teams that, that are keeping it alive. Those are the only two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I can see worse futures coming. Yeah. Uh, realistically, so yeah, why not? We'll be dead. All right. You know, whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. Whatever. Last question here. I like this question. At D Culture says, which Sopranos character would make the best addition to a color commentary team? Um, I'm going to answer first because, uh, unfortunately, because um, of my deep-seated Italian racism, I have actually avoided watching The Sopranos, so I, okay. I'm not familiar with the characters. But my answer is um, the guy from the meme that says that's anti-Italian discrimination because I, I am I am to understand that that is from The Sopranos. It is. Uh, yes, yes. That guy uh-huh. is my answer. Okay. Okay. We'll take it. Yeah. Good answer. That character, he's played by the real life. The, in real life, that guy is Little Steven from Bruce Springsteen's band, from the E Street Band. He's the guitar player for. Oh no shit. For, <laughs> yeah, for the E Street Band. That's that's little Steven. He's a really cool guy, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like in that real is. life. He's, All right, yeah, 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 get him, get him on yeah. a baseball broadcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lauren, do you have an answer, or am I gonna be the one that has an like a real answer for this? Ah, uh, you know, I haven't really put a, th- a ton of thought into it, but I think AJ would be surprisingly good. Oh, okay. AJ is an underrated character in the series, in my opinion, because it's from Tony. He's a great character. Yeah, yeah like, he's a great character. I think he uh, uh, has a bit of the. Uh, Joy DeVive required to be a good color commentary guy. Uh, and he says what he's thinking. Unlike a lot of Sopranos characters, he can just, he'll just kind of blurt out dumb shit. And that's part of the fun of a, mm-hmm. a, of a mediocre broadcast booth. Yeah, I'll, I'll refine my answer. I think he'd be the best addition to a terrible broadcast booth. Yeah, AJ would be a good one because like, you know, the episode where he reads Howard's in uh-huh. and then just starts talking about like, you know, all the fucked up stuff America does. Like, I can't, I would yeah. love to have like AJ in the booth when he like hears about like some of the fucked up stuff in MLB history or like some of the terrible stuff he's like like AJ Soprano in the booth like on Sunday night ESPN being like telling A-Rod and Matt Vesgersian how little minor leaguers make <laughs> like that would that would legitimately rule that would be really good that'd be great and as a character like he has that very crit- crucial in that scene it proves that he has that crucial gene required to be a good 
uh, commentator where you can just read something and then repeat it like you you've known it for a long time exactly what do you think i do on this show every week it's a key skill it's a key skill in broadcasting to make it sound like you you didn't hear it 15 seconds ago exactly and i think it's baseball like okay a commentator sports commentator sports broadcaster is a great job for fail sons oh absolutely 100 like, you know, it's, it's one of the one of the best ways to like become successful as a fail son like not actually that hard you just have to kind of have to decide to do it and you know go off of your dad's name your skill is talking yeah Yeah, exactly the skill which is which is a skill i don't want to say it's not a skill but it's yeah you know like compared to like math and stuff baseball so for my answer like i think okay one all of the people on the sopranos like pretty much all the characters on it could give you really good insights into you know they all know their way around a baseball bat first of all mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but i think that the best one or the most entertaining one in a booth i think it would be christopher because yep. we and I, and I would specifically want to put him into a three-person booth i want a play-by-play guy i want a super stats guy and then i want christopher there trying to interpret what the stats guy is talking about <laughs> like i want i want him to be like oh w-o-v-a that's one of them lady parts doctors right and, you know <laughs> shit like that i think that, that would like be extremely good mike mike petriello is just too terrified to respond yeah 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 uh, him talking about a like Hey, if I was that Molina guy, I would have kicked the shit out of that guy at the plate just now. Like, I think that that stuff would have been like really good. I think Christopher cool. is because, and then and then Chris and it'd be good for Christopher too because he like really wants a way out. Like, he realizes that the mafia thing isn't really you know it's not glamorous like it was back in the day. And I think like yeah, Christopher would have survived if he could have you know he tried to get out to you know become a screenwriter. Yeah. Hollywood's was just the wrong move. Yeah. Yeah, he was trying to get out, and I think Christopher's life could have been saved if he could have gotten put onto a, a broadcast booth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good question. I like if that he had question started, a lot. If he had started with, like, like the Long Island Ducks broadcasting booth and, like, worked his way up. Yeah. Or, yeah. like, the Brooklyn Cyclones. Like, New Jersey has to have, like, an independent team he could have worked for for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Could have had a bunch. And the, the garbage sure. company could have sponsored the team. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. No, it would have been so good. Yeah, no, I I think it's I think it's Christopher. I, I think you're I, right. I think I think AJ's good, but I think it's we Christopher. Need to lobby lobby for a Sopranos spinoff. Okay, cool. That's all the questions for the week. That was a fun show. Do we have anything uh, anything else to say here before we're done? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're into baseball season here. Uh, I just want to say to to everybody freaking out. Uh, about their team one way or another. This is something that I've had to tell myself a lot <laughs> over the past couple weeks uh, is that we're we're only a couple weeks in you, and you don't get to panic until 60 games, all right? Yep. Chill the fuck out. There's a lot of good baseball happening. It's Drink really a beer. fun. Drink a beer, smoke yeah. some weed, enjoy it. Yep. You know, flip some bergs, drink some beer, smoke some weed. You're going to have a great time. We have a full real baseball season. If this was last year, we would have been almost halfway through already. Oh my god, we got that's a long grim. time left. Oh my god, that's mm-hmm. grim. We have a lo- we have a lot of fun baseball left. Absolutely, and we're we're gonna be here that whole time. You know, stick around, keep listening to the show. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.